Hi, I'm Dr. Amy French of the Delta College History Department. Today, our moment in time examines Alice Freeman Palmer, the first female college president and a great professor. Born Alice Elvira Freeman on February 21st, 1855 in New York, she grew up in nature. Her father, James Warren Freeman, was a Scot, and she had a gleam of red that undershot her dark hair that came from him. Her mother, Elizabeth Josephine Higley, was interested in social reform movements like temperance and legislation to improve the lives of women and children. Alice entered Windsor Academy in 1865, where she won prizes for elocution and composition and excelled at her studies in general. Alice had to fight to go to college. Few from her area went, and even fewer women. Her parents opposed the decision. Dr. Freeman said that they could only afford for one child to go to college, and that would be the son. Alice promised that if her parents helped her through college, she would in turn work to put her brother through and give her sisters whatever education they wished. Alice started at the University of Michigan in 1872. In the year before, she heard a woman speak on Joan of Arc. It was the first woman she had heard speak publicly. She considered the college options that she had at the time and was concerned that women's colleges weren't as academically rigorous as men's, so she chose Michigan, which had just started admitting women two years before. After college, she went to teach at a school in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. By 1877, she was back in Ann Arbor studying history for a PhD. It was then that fate, or U of M's president, intervened. U of M was the head of all education in the state, and the high school in Saginaw had fallen into disarray. Its principal, a nice man, was having a difficult time keeping order in the school. This was the heyday of the lumber era. President Angel suggested that Alice be appointed preceptress, assistant principal, and help the principal smooth out the difficulties. She cleaned things up nicely and did quite well in Saginaw. Her family moved there and became part of the city's fabric. Alice's sister Stella died in 1879, which scarred Alice deeply. With her sister gone and the family doing well financially, Alice was now ready for a move. Wellesley College, a woman's school, had offered her a job twice before. The third time was a charm. In July of 1879, she accepted the position of head of the history department at Wellesley. Although she was the youngest professor in service, she was appointed vice president in November of 1881. Henry Durant, the current president, indicated on his deathbed that Alice should be his successor. She became president of Wellesley in 1882 at age 26. The faculty at Wellesley welcomed the change from a benevolent patriarchy to a matriarchy. She provided a domestic atmosphere for students by creating the cottage system, where students and faculty lived together in small, comfortable homes. In those days, college women faced opposition from society regarding their role in academia. People believed that intense study would injure women's health or deprive women of their femininity. Alice, having been in poor health herself, showed it could be done and demonstrated that a woman could maintain her feminine character and develop her intellect, that education didn't unsex a woman. She brought Wellesley into the mainstream of higher education by fostering secularization, professionalism, high admission standards, rigorous training, and graduate degrees for faculty, as well as high academic expectations of students. She introduced sabbaticals and tenure. She strengthened the college financially and left it in a better place when she quit than when she started. After marrying, she went on to hold many more leadership roles and was a prominent figure in higher education at many levels. As the first female college president, she showed not only that a woman could lead, but a woman could lead exceptionally. Her private life is also fascinating, and for more about that, I recommend the biography that her husband, George Herbert Palmer, wrote of her. In its introduction, he states, Mrs. Palmer was my wife, deeply beloved and honored. 
Whatever perpetuates that honor brings me peace. To leave the dead wholly dead is rude. Vivid creature that she was, she must not lie forgotten. In herself and apart from me, Mrs. Palmer was a notable person. Somebody, therefore, may be tempted to write her life if I do not, for her friends were numbered by the 10,000. I'm Professor Amy French, and this moment in time is a production of Delta College Broadcasting in collaboration with Delta's History Department.